first time I ever set foot in Austin City. And that guy, um, what's his name? He has glasses. Uh, he's security there or something. Kind Chuck. Chuck. The doorman. Okay. Yeah. I brought my, my Strat and my amp in. Yeah. And set it up there. And he comes. And this is the first time I ever set foot in there. And y'all were in the middle of a set. Right. And uh, Dale. Dale Dickens. Dale oh, okay. was playing with yeah, yeah. Kurt. I set it up there and he comes and grabs my shit and I'm like, man, what are you doing? He starts walking out the door and luckily you got on the microphone. He was like, hey man, it's cool, man. Put it back. And I was like, do you, does this happen often, man? Like people just bring their, bring amps and guitars in here and just right. like set it on stage. Fuck. That's it, <laughs> yeah, oh. man. I remember, uh, I think the first time I met you, you always had your stuff with you. Oh, like, man, like no matter what. Like yeah. and that always you know showed me like just, okay, just this ready. guy this guy's always ready. Man, you know? Man, when and where was that? I, I was talking about that earlier. Yeah. Uh, Don, I, th- right? I think it was probably through Putin, actually. Because I think uh you did the guitar tracks on his album. That's right. We were I was aware of you. But I don't think we had met until his CD until release party, and we did that show. That's right, man. We played together. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, man. Because um, I wasn't there when you did your tracking, but I knew about it. And yeah. uh, and then at that time, I think you were playing a lot with Avery. I sit, was. Doing a lot of sitting in with yeah, Avery. Man. So I was aware of you, and Donnie you know, was telling me about you. Um, but yeah, that gig we did for his CD release party... It was actually you, me, and Derek. And Derek, that's so it was, right. A, it was a good lineup. And then, <laughs> that would be a good lineup. Thank. Man, I, I was thinking, um, I think it was Avery's like Hall of Fame thing. Maybe didn't didn't y'all play there that night too? Ah, no, I, I did not. Not on Avery's night. Is that the night the electric went out? Yeah, I, I yeah. wasn't there. Where was I playing at? I was playing somewhere. We were, or I was, or something. I don't know. Or maybe I was coming, and then I can't remember. I know the electric. So somebody texted yeah. me and told me the electric was out. So maybe crazy. I just said the hell I ain't going electric. Let's go ahead and start, man. Yeah, uh, man. Welcome to Weekend Superstars. I'm John McHugh. I'm George Moulton. Our guest today from Magnolia Boulevard is Greg Irwin. Thanks for coming, dude. Thank you all for having me. Yes, uh, go back to the story we were just talking about first meeting. Um, yeah, Donnie or Puddin', somebody let me in on, on you. And uh, I think I saw some video clips maybe some stuff with Avery, but it wasn't until I think you actually got with Magnolia Boulevard and I saw you doing um, the Junior Wells tune, Little by Little. Yeah, yeah, man. And that was like, okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, a, you don't hear that very often, especially from a local band playing yeah. Junior Wells stuff. Yeah. So that, well, you don't that's when people, I got my... You don't my, hear people playing like he does very often anyway. That's when I got my attention, but... uh. Tell me, where'd you get started, man? Are you from here? I'm from uh, I'm from Hazard, Kentucky. From Hazard, okay. Don't tell nobody. I'm trying to keep that <laughs> Can't hold that against me. Um, I like to say I'm from Hazard, by the way, of Olive Hill. That's where yeah. all my family's from. Really? So, yeah, man. We, well, uh, I was going to ask you that because I noticed on Facebook when we posted the, the thing, I know we got at least one acquaintance in common, uh, Pam Lane. Pam Lane. Oh, man. Pam is like my second mom. Man. So see. Pam's my first cousin on the other side, where John's my cousin on my dad's side. Pam and I are first cousins from my mom's side. Shit. Yeah. Is yeah. it okay? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This podcast, uh, man. You can <laughs> say whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, man. Pam, um, God, I think the world tied Harlow is what I was going yeah. to call her. Um, she dated Donnie Callahan. You know yeah. Donnie? Oh, yeah, I know Donnie. Me and, uh, me and Donnie's uh, brother, Mickey. Yeah, big buddies in high school. Really? Still are, yeah. yeah. Man, him and my dad were really good friends. And uh, we got a place there on uh, Smokey. I, I can tell you, I'll tell you a good one on that one here in a minute. <laughs> it's on me. It ain't on Donnie or Pam, but they, they were living down the hill where this happened. At, at, but we'll, go ahead. But, man. You know, Not podcast worthy. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> so, There's a I, lot of Donnie stories the the people in the in the podcast world can't see this, but you see that big scar across oh, my kneecap. Shit. So, I had a buddy. That's <laughs> I still got a buddy at the time, Dale Lunster, and he lived up on top of this hill. It was uh, I don't remember what the little road they lived on was called, but anyway, it come out on another main road, and uh, we all used to ride rail buggies. Yeah, you know the dune buggy stuff, and I decided I was we were all gonna ride in the parade. Well, about two weeks before that, uh, 
I'd lost reverse in my transmission, so we took the transmission out, took it to a guy, and he put the gear in it. We put it back together. And so mine was notorious about starters going out. Mm-hmm. You know, no big deal. Standard shift, give me a push over the hill, I'll pop a clutch and start <laughs> Right. Go. Well, this hill, man, <laughs> he comes out, goes straight down, and right where uh, Donnie and Pam were living was in this big S curve, and they had a rock wall that went all the way around that house. Where was that? Was that in Elliott County? No, this was in Olive Hill. Uh, it was... Uh, right off of uh, 1082 or out to? No, I'm trying to think. What, uh, it's Mill... Not Mills Branch. Is it Mills Branch? Yeah. Mills Branch is the main road it goes off of, but then they lived up this little hill. So anyway, I get to push off the hill, <laughs> pop the clutch, nothing. Pop the clutch, nothing. So at this time, I'm, I'm running about 45 to 50 miles an hour down this hill. Hit the brakes, nothing. Oh, <laughs> I mean, nothing. I go through every gear in that thing. My hat's already flew off. You know, I, I'm cussing and praying at the same time. I know this curve's coming up, and I know this rock wall where Donnie's house is is coming up, and I'm like, I'm going to oh, die. Lord. And yeah. the motor's not even running. Right. So I made the first curve, and I mean, two wheels. And I knew that through this little bit of brush and bushes was a big open field. I thought, well, if I just get to that, just get you know, I'm there. good. Yeah. So I made it, it come back down. I aimed straight for the bushes and bam, hit a stump. And of course, you know, I wasn't prepared to be on a ride, so I wasn't buckled in or nothing. Oh. I shot underneath the steering wheel. I mean, I was laying up in the front end of the real buggy. And, uh, but I get up, I'm like, I'm not move, dead, yeah. you know, and yeah. and they come down the hill. We pull my rail buggy all the way up, and I'm just standing there talking to him. And the guy looks at me and he says, "Man, you're bleeding." And I look down, and there's a spot about big rounds a quarter on my knees to coming bleeding through my jeans. Wow! So, all I remember, man, was I just it was just us guys. So I mean, I just shoved him right there, you know. <laughs> and they told me later, said I ain't never seen a guy pull his pants down and back up so fast in my life. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, you did was like, oh, it's bad." <laughs> And it was. It, there was Gosh. bone and everything. And I was like, oh, so I ended up in the hospital getting stitched up and laid up for this knee swelled up big around as my head. Oh, man. So they, they made me a hat that said Lieutenant Dan because I was pretty much crippled. Good <laughs> oh, walk. Wow. That's so crazy you say that, man. I have a rail buggy story about Donnie. <laughs> he, he had this super nice one. This must have been like. Yeah, Donnie used to ride with us at the times, yeah. It was this yellow one, man. I went for ride on it once, and he was living, you know, uh, Route 2, yeah. uh, Roller Coaster Ridge. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Urban yeah. Ridge. That's, yeah. You go to the end of that, and that's where our farm is. See, not everybody knows about Roller Coaster Hill. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. My, my old man, every time, he'd, he'd go, do it, do it. I'm like, man, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, awesome. I started driving when I was twelve, so he can. Anyways, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Donnie, man, he uh, we heard him fire up because he was living there in that uh, the curve by uh, the King Brothers, Tracy King, oh, okay, and yeah, yeah, Bill and yeah, all yeah, them, yeah, you know, yeah, Larry. I love them, man. But uh, we heard him fire up from his house, and he was going through some stuff. Yeah, at the time, as Donnie usually is, and uh, <laughs> you know he was in jail in Mexico. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Mexico, man. Yeah. When my old man died, we took him in there. I was in front of the hearse. I ran every red light from Hazard to Olive Hill. Oh, <laughs> just because <laughs> I could. <laughs> but, uh, but anyways, yeah, we, we heard Donnie fire up and that night. Do you know that guy, Kurt Wolf? Uh, I don't know if I know what Kurt Wolf He's a weird motherfucker, man. He wrecked <laughs> his truck over Cliff one night. Yeah. I, I got stories, man. But anyways... He was down there, it seems like. He'd rode his lawnmower down and just about lost his brakes coming out of the cliff. We heard Donnie fire up, and uh, Donnie's uncle was there at Dimble Hedge. Did you ever meet Dimble? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, fine fellow. But um, we heard him fire up and heard him get to the top of the road, and he was booking it, man. And all of a sudden, it just went <laughs> About two or three minutes later, we heard somebody screaming coming off the hill, and it was dark at this point. It was Donnie. His head, blood coming everywhere. <laughs> My old man, he was a diesel mechanic, and uh, he always carried uh, carried like a rag in his back pocket. Right, yeah. like, holy ass rag. <laughs> Donnie comes down there bleeding. He said, "Oh, I've split my head wide open." Dad takes that holy rag and says, "Ah, oh, it's just a flesh." <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, they dimble and I can't remember who else was there. They put him in a truck and took him back and threw him in the shower. 
Donnie had a little Ford Ranger at the time. He got in that. Come find out, he was fucked up, you know. Got in that and drove down. Me and Dad already went to the bed. Went to bed. He crossed Smoky and went up. I think it's called Beef Master. You can get yeah. over oh, there. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. yeah I had a nice little rig out there one night too. Really? Yeah. yeah. He like high centered this log. So the next morning we woke up. It was making coffee. There's Donnie passed out in Dad's truck. And we spent the whole day pulling Donnie's wrecks out that day. <laughs> yeah, that beef master could get dangerous. It was just a gravel road. Yeah, And it man. didn't really, it didn't go anywhere. It just ended, but there's a lot of yeah. farmland stuff like, up there. Like at the main end of it, I can't remember. I think it was Bobby Garvin, this guy's name or something. Bobby may have lived up there. Then you had, right when you turned in up there, that's where uh, uh, Philip Burton and yeah. all of them on Burton's driving lived yeah. up there at the end of the yeah. hall, and you went up that way. Yeah, man. Yeah, I was actually... At the Burtons that night, and me and Brian Phillips' boy uh, took my car up through there. I had a, a 78 Oldsmobile Cutlass, nice car, T-tops. Hitting that beef masher, you know, and I was, I just, I was Dukes of Hazard and up through there, and I hit a curve, started going sideways, and, and I literally was Dukes of Hazard, and I didn't let off. I just, you know, I was trying to oh, do yeah. the drift through it. Oh, next, yeah. next thing I know, I took out about 35 yards of fence posts and woven more fence. Thankfully, there wasn't no cattle on it. Jeez. I had to get a pair of pliers on cut, but somehow the fence wrapped around my bumper and didn't break, so I had to cut the wire to get out of it. But my car, I, I broke the frame, so the car was kind of sitting in the hump in the middle. <laughs> Mirror was dragging the road. But I got home, and then, uh, I don't know if you remember uh, Doc Lewis. Paul Lewis was a, a I don't doctor. I think I met him. But it ended up being his property. And I'm, you know, Doc, he was my doctor since I was a yeah. kid. And I know Doc and, he, and his boys real well. Shame, and, uh, man. Oh, look. So, you know, I felt guilty and I, I caused uh, Doc. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. But he's cool about it. Nobody's, nobody's cows got hurt or anything. But, yeah, man. man. Being uh, saved from hazard, if anyone has ever seen you play, I don't think there's any doubt in anyone's mind that <laughs> you're inspired with. Almond Brothers. Oh, man, the yeah. Almond Brothers. But yeah. what planted the seed? Man, i tell you exactly what planted the seed. Um, the first time I heard, it was the first time I ever went to Wilco Guitars. Were you already playing at this point? Uh, fucking around. I yeah. could barely tune, you know. Yeah. But uh, my mom started dating this guy, Don Davis from Hazard. And Don is an incredible musician. And uh, he got the car ready and messed his arm up so he couldn't play like he used to. Mm -hmm. He would tune pianos. He turned me on to the Almond Brothers. And in 2003, they released one studio album with Derek and Warren as yeah. the tandem, you know, guitar tandem. <clears throat> and there's a song on there called Desdemona. It's a, it's a slow blues and 6-8, it's a minor blues. And then it turns, turns to a swing, like double time in the yeah. middle. And Derek fires into the slide solo. And I remember so vividly, man, it changed my fucking life. Um, us turning on uh, Southland Drive, going to Wilcuts, because we were up here shopping for Christmas. And, uh, you know, the girls were in the mall, and me and Donald, and I was like, man, fuck it. You, know, you want to go look at some guitars? <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. So he took me to Wilcuts, and, uh, man, we turned on that road, and Derek's solo came in. I was just like, I knew it was a slide guitar, but I went, what the fuck is this? Man? Mm -hmm. What is this? He's he's not playing it, he's singing it, man. Mm -hmm. And uh, it changed my life, man. It changed my life. But there, there's such a big difference, <coughs> man, between what he does with a slide guitar and anybody else. Uh, oh, I mean, anybody else. I mean, you could listen. One you know, note, man. Yeah, One note. I mean, you know. It's like B.B. King, you know? Yeah. You know who it is. You know who it is. Okay. I'm sure there's other players that have done it and I'm just not aware of, but what I've always noticed from Derek Trucks is uh, most side players do the vibrato mm -hmm. to keep that note going. Derek doesn't do that. No. Derek yeah. stops and yeah. holds it. And He's got like perfect trick, pitch man. and that intonation. Like, that's like, true. I don't, I don't see anyone else doing that. You and know, not, like, usually you got to do this to keep <laughs> yeah. it going, you know? You know? His right hand too, man. Yeah. Um, Jack Pearson uh, was talking about this, man. Like, you can you can choke that note out mm -hmm. with the slide. Like, if you hit it too hard, and it's... Obviously, there's time. You know what I'm saying? Sure. If you're about to hit another one. But, like, the softer that you hit that note, and it's the same way with regular fingering, <clears> you know? 
I always thought that was funny to say. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, you know, it's like regular right. playing. Like the softer that you hit it, and the more that you massage that note with your left hand, you know, like what BB done, it'll sustain longer. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's very prominent with the slide, man. But yeah, Derek, I mean, he can do all that stuff. But like, what, man? When he's he's, Paul was telling me that he told Derek told him that in his solos what he's searching for is the money note right one note mm -hmm. he'll go until he finds it and yeah it's like I'm done baby. there it is you know yeah but uh, it makes perfect sense man but he'll just slide up to this note and work it a little bit at first and then just stop and that amp he just hits the front end of that amp so hard man it's, it's so you uh, Self-taught, or did you start figuring it out? Uh, self-taught. Listening uh, to the records and stuff? Yeah. Uh, Don, because, man, I was just into it after that. Right. You know, and he was around, and he was a huge Dwayne Allman fan, Allman Brothers, you know. And uh, I remember him showing me Stormy Monday, the Fillmore East version. Mm -hmm. And, man, that's the only solo I know note for note. And every time that I've ever played it, I, I have to play it that way. Right, you know sure, yeah. It's the way that you hear yeah. it, man. And it's just, yeah. But it's it's crazy, man. Like, that's the first part of three with Will Cut guitars, like... Changing your life. Seven turns in life, man. Right, yeah. It's fucking insane. And the third one, I've got to tell it before we finish. Oh, yeah, I figured you would, yeah. It's it's insane, man. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, go, go ahead and tell us. I'll, I'll get you leading up to it. Um... Because I know when you started Magnolia Boulevard, what, maybe four years ago? How long ago was it? So, let's see. February of 2017. Okay, yes. And um, you weren't together, what, a year before this happened at Will Cut, what you're about to talk about? Oh, uh, let's see. Was a couple of years. A couple of years. A couple we, years. We had this original bass player that turned out to be a turd. <laughs> and, you know, then we brought in John. And, yeah. And then... Uh, got a different guy now but uh it seemed to seem to grow legs when john came in you know what i mean what's interesting to me is your all story is i don't think you could have written it that way Man. um i don't know if are you aware of, nah. of what happened so they nah. will cuts so was it their 50th anniversary and even the way that we got party. together at first yeah, yeah i think uh they were doing a 50th anniversary yeah. party and they're a big Paul Reed Smith dealer. Right, right. Yeah, like top and five every year. So, um, internet. You were already a PRS player prior well, to that, right? That's the second. Okay, part go of ahead. You, I'll let you do it. Right, you so, tell me. Um, one day, man, I was living in Richmond, um, and it was when I was working for Don. Yeah. Shout out to Don. I love that man more than anybody, man. That's our, that's our wonderful and talented drummer, Donnie Parker, we're talking about there. I've, I've met some <laughs> and pretty, fine, too. Fine and pretty, too. Yeah. Yeah, hair, man. Right? <laughs> um, I've met some fine folks because of him. Um, but yeah, man, I was living in Richmond at the time, and I had this Gretsch resonator, mahogany resonator, mm -hmm. 9200 series, and I'd done like two sessions with it, and one live show, and that live show was, um, I'd done this, uh, like singer songwriter around, and that was the night Maggie and I met. Yeah, and um, about a month later she reached out, but uh, that's the only gig I played it live. Glad I done that. But um, anyways, it was a Saturday morning, man. You know, I was like forty miles away from Will Cuts, and something just—I didn't even think about it. I didn't need strings or anything. I just put that guitar in my car, drove to Will Cuts, and Jerry. Leonard was still working there at the time, and he was like, what, what are you doing? I said, I just fucked around, man. Yeah. And to be quite honest, I'd played several PRS guitars and really didn't, you know, find one that I loved because I grew up on a Strat, you know. <clears throat> and that day I went, walked in the back, and there was this Egyptian gold S2 hanging on the back wall. And it said 10% off. Scratch a dent. I was looking at it. I was like, and all it was was a little like somebody had tried to plug a cable in and missed the hole, you know? Right. I was going to make that anyway. <laughs> it's going to be a lot worse. Yeah. Know? And uh, I picked it up. I was like, oh, what the hell? I picked it up. Man, seven seconds later, I was like, I got to have this thing. I have to have it. 
and I put it in layaway that day. Yeah. And uh, a few months later, um, around Christmas time, uh, Maggie's ex-fiance got her, uh, he was wanting to get her a guitar for Christmas, and it came down to a Strat and this uh, semi-hollow PRS, SE stuff. You know? mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I was like, dude, get the, get the PRS. So we were already playing PRS. And we get the call from Brandon, a message, right? and uh, we got paid like $100. Yeah. But there was Taylor Guitars, Martin, Fender, PRS. And you and Doug? Is this the same one? It's the same Doug, 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 Doug wanted okay. Taylor, yeah. Yeah. He, you know the story about this, right? Yeah, yeah. Man, fuck am I. <laughs> <laughs> so they. He won two? Each, no, no. He would have won every one of them. <laughs> I asked him later, I said, did you play the fucking lottery yet? No, he said, no, I didn't, man. So I should have. And I was like, well, you, you had to rig this motherfucker. Yeah. And he never would tell me. Yeah, I don't know. But it was crazy, man, because each one of these, there was five guitar companies there, and each one of them had this raffle, and there was about 300 people put their names in it. And apparently the rules were you can only win one. Yeah. Because Doug got drawn on the first one. He went up there all happy and shit. And uh, the second one drew his name, and he went up there and tried to get it. They said, no, you already want one. He was like, oh. <laughs> the third one drew his name again, said, same thing. Fourth one, same thing. And then I was going, Paul drew his name. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was like, man, what the hell? <laughs> and then um, the second name that Paul drew was Maggie's. Oh, wow. And I thought for the longest time, I was like, man, you done that shit on purpose. And he yeah. said, I, I swear to God, that was God working. Yeah. And I believe it, man. So Paul Reed Smith was there because of them being a <coughs> dealer and it being the big party and all that, right? Yeah, man. They, uh, the actual person, Paul Reed Smith. Yeah, man. They they have, uh, at Wilco's, they have the regular store and then the internet store. Right. Eric yeah. Brandon works. And they're a top five PRS dealer on the internet. Just kill it, man. But uh, we got the schedule. And we were playing from like 3.30 to 4. It was on May the 12th, 2019. It was a Saturday. It was a great day. Um, we got to schedule about a week before, maybe five, six days. And it was like us from 3.30 to 4, and then Brent Mason and Paul Reed Smith from 4 to 5. It was like, oh, fuck. That's no pressure. Right, sure. <laughs> Damn it, man. You know, at least I play some slide. Yeah. And I I was just joking with myself more than anybody. But I was like, I don't want to see if Brandon wants to get upset in it. And then I got to thinking about it, man. I was like, if I don't ask, the answer is going to be no. Right. If I do ask, I got a 50% shot of him saying yeah. Yeah. So I emailed him, found his email. It wasn't like five, six minutes later, he emailed back and said, I'd love to. Yeah, cool. So <clears throat> I said, well, let's do, let's do it. Uh, Junior Wells, buddy guy, yeah. tell me yeah. about Little. And he said, cool, man, let's do it. So he pulled up and was there and talked a little bit and shit. And uh, super, he's a prince, man. Super nice guy. But uh, we sound checked and had like two minutes before we started. He still hadn't brought his shit up there. And I was like, man, he ain't going to play. Yeah. And I, I remember looking at Todd, and I sent my guitar down. I said, I'll be back. He yeah. Said, what are you doing? I said, I'll be back, man. One of these days, if I make it to 70 years old, I'll be having a cup of coffee and think, what fucking I ask him? Yeah. yeah. So I just went, and it was him and Paul and Charles Whitfield makes those mm -hmm. tellies and strats. They were talking, and I'm big on not interrupting anybody, but I interrupted the fuck out of them. <laughs> and I was like, hey, man. We're playing in like two minutes if you want to set shit up. You know, there's Deluxe over here on the stage right and he went, oh man, I forgot all that. Yeah. I said, well, I'll, I'll help you. And he was driving this little GMC on And back during the Nashville floods, he lost like all kinds of shit. They yeah. had carnage, whatever. And Paul helped him out and they ended up doing a signature model, sort of based loosely off that telly. Yeah. Well, he opened up the back hatch of his uh, GMC and said, uh, I guess I should play you. There was, there was a PRS gig bag and then a hard shell case. He said, I guess I should play a PRS. I don't know, man. I'm just here to carry stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and he went, yeah, I'll grab this. And I said, well, what's in that other case right there, man? He went, I opened it up and look at it. 
open up as that fucking Telecaster. I'm right. Like, God damn. Yeah. You think about how much money that's made. Oh, yeah, yeah. man. And Everything he's played, you know. Man, my jaws dropped. He said, pick it up and play it. I was like, all right. Um, but yeah, man, he got up there and sat in with us and they shot 4K video that day and recorded. And of course, the microphone that was on his amp wasn't working. <laughs> but there's video of it. Yeah, I've and seen the video of it. Man, I'm cheesing. You couldn't. Oh, yeah. I'm grinning like a jacked off Tomcat. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I, I, you got to do that gig, man. And uh, did Paul just reach out to you all well, there on the spot? <clears throat> How did your all's connection come about? I got there early. Yeah. You know, and uh, I was. I was playing that gold S2, you know, it was my number one at the time. And uh, I kept, where I don't use a pick, mm-hmm. I beat the shit out of a guitar. And my hands will push a, a pickup down. So I'm constantly having to raise a pickup to put lock nuts on and shit. And I was having some issues with that. So I was looking for Paul as soon as I got there. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to introduce myself, you know. Right. This may be my only chance. And, uh. Anyways, I was telling him what was going on. He said, well, bring it inside. I'll work on And so I went to the car, and Ryan pulled up right when I was at my car, right behind me. I was like, hey, man, follow me. He said, where are we going? I said, shut the fuck up, follow me. <laughs> and uh, we walked in there. He's got some pictures. And while Paul was working on that guitar, he was like, so, so tell me about the band. And I said, well, we have this, uh, this female singer that you're going to love, man. And the way that he looked at me, I could tell he was like, and uh, there's actually a video on YouTube after experience that year, him talking about that. Oh, really? Yeah, he was like, I ate those fucking words. I ate those. But um, but anyways, yeah, man, we uh, we got up there and played, and I can say it now, we, we had a good day. Mm-hmm. We showed up, man. Yeah. And it's kind of always been that way with us, it seems like. And it's, man, that's one of the things that I love so much about music. It seems like when you, you put it into a corner, that's when you're... you're when, the pressure, when the pressure's on, yeah. yeah. You know? And, man. That's usually when I'm least nervous. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I'm more comfortable like, in that situation. You're, you're more free, man. It's crazy. But, uh, yeah, man, like... Uh, you know, I don't know if I would say that if Paul Reed Smith was watching me, but well, nor- <laughs> there's normal it wouldn't bother me because I can't play with a dime anyway. <laughs> well, man, I was playing, uh, you know, the PRS, and then on one of the tunes we were, I was still playing an SG. Yeah, and I, I'm the world's worst for like not looking at the crowd. I, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm playing for me first and my my parts, man. You know what I mean? Hope that it just rubs off. Hopes, hopefully, yeah. you know, but. Uh, there's a picture that somebody tagged me in of Paul and Brent Mason standing side stage. Luckily, I wasn't looking. They were just there like, you know, mm-hmm. like, but uh, yeah, Brent got up there and played with us and it was incredible, man. And I was tearing down and uh, Paul said, I said, man, we need to get some different pickups in that guitar. And I said, well, what's your number? Yeah. And he gave me his email. I went, oh, shot down. <laughs> and I emailed him motherfucker a couple of days later and he called me, but he got me. But um, And then he said that and he was like, man, I'd love to get y'all up to the studio and record some. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And then he said, I'd like to get y'all an experience too. And it was, I think it was, no, it was 2018, I'm sorry. Yeah. It was May of 2018. And uh, I didn't give it much weight, man. You know, but uh, sure enough, flew us up there, and he was walking away, and it was me and Brent. Brent was like, "How'd you develop that finger style?" I went, "Whatever, man." What <laughs> 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 you talking about? Get the fuck out of here! And he was like, "No, man." He said, "When you you stop trying to learn is when you need to put it down." Yeah, and I was like, "Damn, that's profound, man." And I said, "Well, it was when I was." Stay in the uh, when I first started and had this old harmony that Donnie gave me, as a matter yeah. of fact. And uh, I had this little thin fender pick, yeah. And we were 40 miles away from the nearest music store, and I broke that pick. And I told my dad, I was like, man, because I was trying to learn, you know, and bless his heart for having patience with me. Uh, we were down there in this old house, man. That's where my grandfather was born. There was electric in there at the time, but. 
Um, anyways, I broke the pig. He said, well, just use your fucking fingers. Mm-hmm. You got five of them or four in a mm-hmm. thumb. But um, so I did. And that, thank God I did. But uh, anyways, I was talking about Paul was walking away after he'd said those three things. And he turned around. And it was me, Paul, Brent, and my best friend in the world, uh, Matthew Carney. He was there that day. And uh, Paul looked at me and he said, Greg, have you ever heard that song Desdemona? And I went, yeah, (laughs) I sure have. And then I got to think about it on the drive home. I was like, what the fuck, man? And we seen him a couple weeks later at Experience. And it had just been resonating, you know, just waiting on him. And I had to ask, I was like, did you really ask me that or did I... Like dream that you know he's like the fuck are you talking about yeah. of course I asked you I said why he said I don't know it just hit me and then like 20 minutes after that he drew Maggie's name it was that's crazy crazy man crazy y'all pretty much started to take off after that point man and uh you've been hitting the road pretty hard here recently yeah you've been on the road with Blues Traveler playing a bunch of festivals I yeah, mean man. uh it all happened pretty quick. Yeah. Oh, man. What it's, was the adjustment like there? I mean, because it was kind of a fast. Yeah, man. It seemed to me, watching from a distance, that it went fast. Like, it, it truly it did. Fast. It truly did. Um, you know, we recorded our EP with Paul. And yeah. And we had, we had actually recorded Now, this isn't like a, uh, you know, you don't have a record deal kind of thing. It's just... He's just trying to help he's you helping out. Helping us out, man. Just he 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 dug it, and he's, he's like, "I just want to be part of it." He's our biggest champion. Okay. He man, he is the most <clears throat> complimented person I know. Yeah, like he he's a champion, man, for everybody. Um, man, he's he's wonderful, but he's also just Paul. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, sure, he's just yeah. Paul, man. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, man, we had recorded an EP here in town with Dwayne Lundy. Mm-hmm. And it it was recorded great. We just were gr- green, you know what I'm saying? Sure. As a as a group, we hadn't found our sonic territory yet, you know. But uh, Todd, man, the way that Todd played, he was so finesse with his drumming. And you know, like we were talking about Kurt a while ago, man, just his intuitiveness musically. Yeah. He would, man. I'd be doing something I'd never done. Just taking a chance, mm-hmm. you know, going for it. That's the way that, you know, because you're going to fuck it up. Right? right. You'll get it eventually, next time. We'll get it next time, you know. But, um, I would think that I had some idea and Todd was already there. You know what I mean? He's just like, there you are, man. Yeah. You know? And uh, chemistry was there. Man, just playing with people that push you. You know how it is, man. You, if you surround yourself with better musicians than yourself, it's going to make you better. Yeah. You know? And that's what I always try to do. But uh, we we were talking before you got here. We were out in the driveway. Greg pulls up in the the band van. Yeah, I didn't know if we were getting ready to go to the church. <laughs> yeah, I and I told him <laughs> right around. Yeah. I told him, man. I was like, to be honest, I was like, I'm a little jealous. I said because I've never gotten to do the van thing. Right. I said I've done as poor as you get traveling to gigs and I've done the highest level <laughs> riding on a Prevost yeah. gigs but I never did that middle and I told him I was like George spoiled me I was like he took me down to Florida on a Prevost and then I did a gig going to uh, to Murray, Kentucky in a pickup truck with eight people in it I was like fuck this you know? I was like, I was like I'm never going to make it because I'm going to have to have a tour bus in hotel rooms well, yeah. now, now, now we get we get but I'm a little stories. jealous uh with with Kurt, too. you went with us when we took my mother in law's van. Yeah. When we decided, you know, to save I'm money. Like, I'm like, all right, guys, because you know, everybody's like, man, you know, we can all make more money if y'all want to rough it and go down there. And I said, you know, I won't get the bus this time. Yeah, 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 we'll do it. So here, I don't know how many of us was piled in there, man. I, mean, I remember uh, we got there. It was a miserable trip. We even had a blowout. We had a blowout, we? yeah. But uh, we, we got there. A trailer in like a Honda Odyssey. <coughs> oh gosh. Me and uh, it was Kurtley and Hank Rose. And, Dale, uh, was Dale with us? Dale was with us, but this particular story I'm telling was just the three of us because uh, we had some downtime. Oh, this is whilst we were down there. There's <laughs> nothing to do in the actual city of Okeechobee, at least not where we were staying at. So we walked to this supermarket just to kill time, and Kurt was bitching. He's like, I don't want to get up. 
ticket and just fly back right now. And <laughs> Hank, back Hank, Rose, Hank Rose goes, I hope you do. He goes, I ain't riding back. <laughs> I wish you would. But yeah. So we've we've done the rough in it traveling, but we've also done it nice too. It's it's a change. What's what's uh what's it like for well, you guys? Make sure um, we're not bashing on Kurt Lee. We all no. love Kurt Oh, oh yeah, love it's just a funny story. But uh what's it like for you all a, as a group traveling together? I mean, is everybody just click, you know, personality wise as as well as they do musically? Yeah. I mean yeah, just man. a family kind of deal. Absolutely. You know, it feels good. Absolutely. We we were man, I the lack of or, don't want to sound like pretentious or anything, but we were supposed to meet each other, man. Oh, yeah. I believe that more every day. Because you better love a motherfucker being that close to him. Yeah. You know, and of course... And smelling them. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the worst one in a band. What's, uh, what's your all's uh, response been like when you're going to these other states and stuff? I mean, what's, what kind of reaction are you getting since you're pretty much an unknown band to these people? Yeah, man... I I feel good about it because we're out there doing it right. Yeah, we're out there earning them, you know. And uh, you know, with somebody as vocally strong as Maggie and her presence, her physical presence, she's fucking six foot tall, man. Mm-hmm. You know, and Ryan's like six foot six one. We're a tall band. Do you man. remember Ryan? I think so. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's he, he, him and Brett. He used okay. to always be at the plaza when yeah. we would play. Holler, yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. He plays yeah. uh, organ. He plays oh, cool. his little organ. I, I knew you knew him, but yeah. I didn't know if you knew he was in the band or no, not. No, I didn't know that. When I first met Ryan, um, we played some gig together, man, at uh, Willie's, uh, the second Willie's, mm-hmm. and met on stage, and he was playing playing a, a Wurlitzer, and he'd only been playing keys for like six months or something. But right. Something about him, man. I was just, and Maggie had reached out to me. Me and Todd had met each other from this pickup gig that was uh, put on at Cosmic Charlie's. And I was just up here kind of squatting. I was about yeah. to move to Atlanta. And then uh, played that show with Todd. Because some, it, it was in 2016, I believe. It was like the one decent snow we had up here. Yeah. And the band canceled and they just threw a band together. And the first time I met Todd, I was like, there's something about this person. I knew, man. I was like, I, he's going to be a big part of my life somehow. And Maggie and Todd knew each other. And when Maggie reached out to me, she was already thinking about Todd. I was like, all these intertwined. Just all worked out, yeah. And when Ryan and I met, man, he just, I don't know, something about his vibe, man, you know? And it, uh, but yeah, we we love each other, man. And you, you go through it, you know? Um, you learn how to read people. And it's like, I'm going to leave them alone right now, mm-hmm. or I'm going to fuck with them. You know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. But, you know, you just got to you gotta laugh, and then it really helps, like, just being out there with people who mean it, who who have the right intent, man, the right intention, playing music, doing it for the right yeah, reason. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll be the first one to say, man, if you can get a group of people together with the right attitudes, and everybody's in it, you know, for the yeah. same deal, whether it's, you know, yeah. whether it's to, to make the big time or whether it's, hey, man, we just really enjoy playing for each other and we're going to have fun. Yeah. If you don't have, I mean, and all it takes is one. One bad one apple. One bad man. apple in there, yeah. man, to make the whole thing miserable for yeah. you. I mean, it does. Yeah, it's man. just, I mean, I think it's great that, that everybody gets along so well. I mean, it took me 30-some years to find yeah. something like it. Yeah, man. Oh, well, well, you know, like. We're so lucky, man. Uh, the whole reason we even started this podcast was we meet so many cool people yeah. that, and we become fans of other bands or whatever, but we never get to hang out. Yeah, man. You know, whatever. Yeah, and then, like, like shit's in the night, I, I feel like shit sometimes because I, I love your band, but I think I've seen you play once. Actually, live. Everything I've seen, I follow you online. Sit in with it was, us. I think uh, Southgate House. Yeah, I, it I was drove Southgate, up Southgate House. House. Yeah, you, you um, still owe us a sit in. But, uh, I, I never get a chance. I'm always playing. You know, <laughs> know that's the problem. Know. That's like we need to do this thing where we can get the people we actually like and actually yeah, sit down. Yeah. Let's talk and get to know each other a little bit better. And like from the stuff that, like I said, I follow yeah. you guys constantly, and the footage that I have seen of you all doing, like, or for instance, uh, the blues traveler thing. Yeah, they've been getting you and Maggie up. Yeah, to man. sit in with them. So yeah. it's obviously cool. something is rubbing off. Yeah, man. Because what I'm seeing from the other bands or the crowds or whatever is 
everyone seems to be digging you all. And, yeah. I mean, yeah. they don't let just anybody up there to play with them. So that's got to feel yeah, good. Yeah, man. Shit. We, uh, we done the... Uh, and John Buffer ain't no slouch. And the, you know, <laughs> he's like, man, we... Oh, shit, man. Every, every turn that we've made has been just serendipitous, man, mm-hmm. like that. And we we all, like, lean on each other yeah. for it because when we we done, like, a month-long tour with Blues Traveler in support of their 25th anniversary of their that album named Four. It was the one with Run Around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Won, won Grammys, Hook, mm-hmm. all that shit. And we was like, man, this is crazy. And uh, <clears throat> we were playing at Renfro Valley that night, and uh, it was us and... Uh, Tyler's wife, uh, Sonora, on the bill. Might have been 200 people in there. Right. But it, fuck, it was a great room. Yeah. And we got the news that we got that tour like 10 minutes before we walked on stage. So we went out there just. I took very good. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, only good uh, news. Man, we got, uh, we got the schedule for it, and the first day was in Shippensburg, Pennsylvania. And then the very next day, they added another date, and it was at the Beacon Theater. Mm hmm. Which is holy ground for you. The Allman Brothers. <laughs> they played their last show, man, you know, on October 29th. And uh, it's just like all this stuff, man. But um, a friend of mine, Seth Davis, he was the first person. That was Don's oldest son. He had this band called Chef Dave with uh, James Cook. Played mm-hmm. bass. Yeah. Uh, he was with uh, Luke Brown for a while. He's quit him now. Um, Derek Mixon played drums. He's with Chris Stapleton now. But, you know, he just kind of threw me to the wind, got me up to yeah. Auburn. He was like, you going to play this? But I was like, uh, what are we playing? Yeah, I, I was green, you know, but I owe a lot to set. But, um, yeah, man, um, a guy that played bass, filled in for James sometimes, worked for Blues Traveler in the 90s. And they were huge. Yeah. While that was going on, mm-hmm. you know, and I remembered him saying, like, they were just assholes. So we went into it cold. Right. No tour manager, you know, and you don't really know what to think. And I was just like, for lack of a better word, shell shocked, you know, or PTSD now. Yeah. (laughs) Changed after Vietnam. Sure, yeah. Yeah. That's World War II terminology, shell shock, as George Carlin would say. But um, yeah, man. And they were just, they're sweethearts, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I, I was just so enthralled, man, being at the Beacon. And uh, I sat in the stairwell and played the whole Hit the Note album. And I used to be able to sing a little bit, man. And I had uh, had to have two thyroid surgeries and had cancer, actually. I had oh, blood that's mm-hmm. burst yeah. after my first one. And now, like, even my speaking voice doesn't project like it used to. Mm-hmm. So I hit my vocal cords, but I sang a lot. So. Yeah. So I was sitting there, and I was just fucking building it out, singing it. Fuck it. And uh, <clears throat> these three guys walked up there, and at the Beacon, it's like eight stories tall. It's really small and compact. It's just up, you know? Yeah. And uh, Derek and Warren, they had released in 2003, Live at the Beacon Theater, a DVD and CD. And there was a bonus track of Derek and Warren playing this acoustic tune that John Jaworowitz and Warren and Jack Pearson wrote called Old Friend. And I was like, man, I'm going to shoot an acoustic video in one of those dressing rooms. I'm going to find that one. Mm-hmm. And that was the one they fucking put us in. Oh, nice. And we had video problems. And I was like, well, <laughs> fuck it. I'm going to sit out here in this stairwell. <laughs> yeah. And there was these three guys walked up. And turns out one of them was, uh, shit, what's his name? John something. He was the Allman Brothers from the get-go. Dwayne started that shit. Yeah. He booked them. Uh, Johnny Podell. So it was, and I was just standing, sort of sitting there on the stairs, and I was like, shit, I'm sorry, man, I'll get out of y'all's way, and they said, man, it's been a while, so we've heard that here, and I didn't know who it was at the time and yeah. after, but anyways, to answer your question, man, like, we just, I've, truly, I've thought about it before, but not in detail, until you asked me. I knew I was going to like this. I, I knew you'd have some great questions, <laughs> you know, nobody ever asked, but, uh. Yeah, man, we we just kind of lean on each other, especially when you're a little bit. What's What's next for you? What's What's in the works? Any uh, new album or yeah, anything? We're uh, because you just have the EP right now, right? Yeah, man, and it's like you know, with touring and then trying to build shit, and then with Todd dying, 
Um, You've had some bumps in the road, but I mean, you all have yeah. tried, you've just kept going, though. Yeah, man. man. We actually just recently hired Chris Justice on yeah. bass for full time and uh, got a really good feeling about it, man. And the drummer, Chad, that's with us now, it's, uh, again, man, it's another fucking crazy turn. Him and Todd met each other in fifth grade. They started playing drums on the same day. And, like, their parents were supposed to drop them off on Thursday to, like, start a school band or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they both dropped them off on Wednesday. And him and Chad sat out there for, like, three hours outside of a locked school on drum pad. Nice. And nice. we had never met Chad until after Todd passed. Yeah. And it was just crazy, man. And it, he, uh, you know, it took a few gigs. I remember the gig that he owned it. Took the fucking chair. Yeah. And it's, you know, kind of grab the gear a little bit. Yeah. Sounds to me, man, like uh, there's been a whole lot of, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, there's been a whole lot of divine intervention in this, this man, journey. Right, I'm like I said, you, you couldn't I mean, write this no, story. I mean, you just look Crazy. at everything that's happened, and you know, you talk about even having cancer and Todd passing and all the stuff that's happened to you, but yeah. then all these little things, that, at the man. time you don't know they're big things, and then Absolutely. you find out different. Absolutely. It's just like, this is the right path. Absolutely. Right there, you know, and you can't ask for more than that. I yeah, mean, yeah. If you're doing this and you keep getting, <coughs> just yeah, keep following the signs and keep going. Absolutely, and it's tough, man. Like you know, some of the gigs that we've been doing, and man, that shit is not lost on us at all. Like we last time we played with Blue Travel, we were supposed to do one in Kentucky at uh, some amphitheater close that to Lawrencetown, right? That yeah, yeah, Dant yeah. Crossing, yeah. whatever, and it got canceled. But we did get to do the Capitol Theater with them. Mm-hmm. And man, holy shit. You talk about a room, man. That's by far my favorite. It sounds well, so much okay, that, that'll lead because before we run out of time, I always have this question. <laughs> What's your favorite place you've played? Yeah, the Capitol, man. It beats the Beacon? It does. Yeah? Because I, I, I was more ready for it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I just went out there and was like, fuck it. I'm not, you know, and just had my amp service. Yeah. And man, could hear every note off the back wall and it was just it was a good night man what's uh, the bucket list venue you red want to rocks. cross off red rocks yeah that's a big one yeah everybody's yeah maggie's too uh, almost one rocks. of them yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. red rocks uh you know like somewhere like madison square garden or something but red rocks man <laughs> yeah the blues traveler does shit out there every fourth of july man. right yeah think about it. what's uh Maybe, man. The way you've been going for, he sounds like. With all the, you know, like you said, the divine intervention and all these little things that have just kind of seemed to kind of happen, and being uh, a, a PRS artist, who have you gotten to play with that's that's just blown your mind that you've gotten to oh, man. share licks with? Jesus. Um, so many. Um, uh, Paul. For one, Paul's a great player, man. His uh, finesse and technique, and he's real, I feel like, stringed instrument, guitar players in particular. You know, man, you could take the same rig, five different people, and they're going to sound different. Sure, yeah. Think, you know, it's like, we were talking about Dale outside, too, with bringing all these trash amps and then having oh, man, wonderful stuff when it came out. And, and I was like, where's the old son? I was like, what is this? Like I found them out of yard sale. It's fifteen dollars a piece. But, and I mean, like nobody knew the name of them. I mean, they looked like it'd been through a grinder. But he plugged two of them in and turned them things wide open, man, and sound awesome. Oh, that reminds me of another thing. What was it like to play through Hendrix's amp? Oh fuck! Oh wow! Jesus! Well, is that in Paul's studio? Yeah. Well, he didn't tell me until after. Yeah. And it was, you know, you would think that Paul's. The first time we went there, I was like, man, there's going to be all these fucking guitars in a studio. Hey, look at this, look at this. Kind of, not like that? No, not at all. Very modest. Yeah. It's nice, but very modest. And um, the shit that he does have is <laughs> ridiculous, <laughs> yeah. man. My favorite guitar ever, it's uh, PRS. Colonel Bruce Hampton played it, actually. And John McLaughlin, Jimmy Herring played that motherfucker. But um, Colonel Bruce played it, man. And that was the first time I had seen it. It was years before we met Paul. I seen the video. Yeah. And he was playing that guitar. It's Paul's model, but it's got a Pernambuca neck. Man, I fucking think that's what I recorded my tracks through, that, mm-hmm. that Hendrix amp. And we went up there. 
I hope they don't. Nah, they ain't gonna say nothing. But <laughs> um, they had Hendrix, one of one of his last touring hundred watt Marshalls, at the factory. Yeah. And there it said, man, it was rough. It's a JH EXP. I was just like, I just touched it. It's like, man, whoa. <laughs> and uh, come to find out, Doug Sewell is the amp guy there. And they had pulled the guts out of that motherfucker and put it in a PRS box, a cab, you know, a head right. cab. Right. And that was just kind of like show there. Mm-hmm. And that was in Paul's studio. There's a hundred watt. We were running it through the four twelve cab in his garage, and dimed it, man. Yeah. And God, man, it just it was moving like his studio is over top of like a four car garage, three car garage, and it's like two by twelves on sixteen inch center. I mean, it's fucking built, man. Yeah. And. uh Todd said that when I was recording my slide tracks in this hardwood floor, three quarter inch, two and a half inch hardwood floor, yeah. nailed down, you know, with cleats, man. And Todd said when I was cutting those the slide tracks, the fucking floor was moving <laughs> from underneath, wow. you know. And it was, oh man. And then he told me that after. Right. He was like, yeah, that amp sounds good. I said, fuck yeah, that. He said, well, it should. It's the Hendrix amp. I was like, what? <laughs> I'm glad you didn't tell me that shit before. Sure, right, because <laughs> that would have blown everything. Oh, man, but, uh, but yeah, man, playing with Paul, and then uh, another big one was Bosco France. Yeah. Fucking Bosco, man. He won the King of the Blues thing, you know, and we met him. He lives in Madisonville, mm-hmm. Kentucky. <clears throat> Plays in, he's playing in Evansville tonight, right now, as a matter of fact. Um, he's the baddest motherfucker ever. Uh, Simon McBride, David Grissom. David, man, incredible. Um, but really, somebody asked me no, the same thing not long ago, and I would have to say, like, I've got five goals as a guitar player. Um, first is to be able to afford an apartment, a decent car, and eat soup. <laughs> and music, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then the other four, man, are to play... I'm gonna play with Derek Trucks, yeah. Jimmy Herring, Warren Haynes, and Jack Pearson. And I got to play with Jack. Yeah. And uh man, it was just insane. So that's probably the biggest one. And uh um would have got to play with Warren at Floyd Fest when we done that. But uh they changed the schedule at the last mm-hmm. minute and I was you know, got to hang with him because I gave him a real course eating medicine bottle first time I met him. That was another fucking crazy story. I was living in Morristown, Tennessee at the time and was working for a mold company down there in a four out of five days in a crawl space scrubbing mold, man. And we had this tool shed. This girl was fucking cheating on me and everything. It was horrible, man. <laughs> so I would take my tools in and out of there, you know, and I was in there on this, it was a Wednesday morning. I looked right at the shelf. And this fucking slide, this Corsi medicine bottle was not there. It was the first real one I ever had. Um, and it was like short and wide. And uh, anyways, I came back that evening, put my tools in there, and there it was. And we lived off Lakeshore Drive, off uh, that lake that's down there. Like, whatever. But it was just a few neighbors. And I walked around every one of them. I was like, did y'all put this in here knowing I play slide? And they all said the same thing. What's slide? <laughs> so I ended up giving that to Warren yeah. and he went hey, it was at the Mountain Arts Center I just walked in there like I don't know I was like fuck it yeah. and we hung out for two or three hours man wow and uh, come to find out he was running through Variax at the time setting it to the same vaults that I was setting my shit and he took me out there and was showing me all this it, it was crazy and I felt comfortable enough I was like man the whole drive down here I've asked myself if I could ask you one question what would it be and he said well have you figured it out <laughs> and I went man the only thing that comes to mind is in Desdemona where the fuck did that C sharp major come from is that some parallel minor shit he went nobody's ever asked me that but fuck no he said when me and Greg was writing it at his house in Savannah I, uh, Warren was playing acoustic and Greg was playing piano and he was supposed to hit a C major, and Greg accidentally hit a C sharp. Oh, fuck, I'm sorry, man. 
He said, no, hit that shit again. Yeah. And it made the time. You know? Right. And he was like, no, nah, no parallel minor shit. It was but, just an accident. It was just an accident. <laughs> but I, I got him that slide, man, and he, he gave me one of his, and that's like one of my prized things. Oh, I'm man. sure, yeah. I gave one to Derek, too, and Derek gave me one that he played that night, and uh, we had a discussion about boots. Really? <laughs> you know, like... Oh, yeah. You meet people like that, they hear how fucking great they are all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, man, what are you in fucking boots at, man? He said, shit, I've had these reshod three times. I said, well, where the hell do you find somebody to do that anymore? I, I, this is completely different style of music, but I was playing a show at Renfro Valley one time, and uh, we were opening for Exile. And I was backstage, and I was very familiar with Sam Bush. And, yeah, and man. Newton, and like, all that stuff, I, I knew it, but I didn't know what he got looked like. And I'm out there backstage talking to this dude, and we're and same thing. We're talking about nothing, just average, just whatever, hanging, just having a good conversation with this <laughs> dude for like an hour. And he's like, "Well, I gotta go. I'm gonna go play." And they introduced Sam Bush on Sam. stage. I said, "Son of a bitch, I've been talking to him this whole time, and yeah. had no idea." <laughs> but he probably enjoyed absolutely not being he's, bothered. He's a prince, and that's probably man. why I got to talk to him for that long of a period. Yeah. I got I got one even worse than that. And- since you brought Exile up, I have to tell on myself. <laughs> we we played a show with them uh, at the Mountain Arts Theater, and uh, the drummer had on the like the the John Wayne you know Western, and it was red. And uh, we come off the stage, and he walks up to me and says, "Man, you guys sounded great." And I was like, "Thank you, man." And I just walked on. I thought he was like a waiter or something. <laughs> 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 and I mean, Poor Steve. Yeah, I know. John told me, oh, man, I bet he thinks I'm an ass. <laughs> but it did. It looked like a chef jacket. Yeah, like a chef. You know, like he was, he, I thought, man, dude from catering was awful nice. Was that, funny, was that Steve Richman at the time? Yeah, said he looked better. Yeah, man. Was, was Jason Witt playing with him at that time? No, time? this was just a couple years ago. So oh, it's okay. original members again. Nice, nice. Yeah. But dude, we're almost out of time. Tell us... Uh, Tell us where we can find, where, where you guys going to be next. Uh, are you on Spotify, all that stuff? Give yeah. us the rundown on the band, man. Yeah, man. You know, we're on all that good stuff. Um, we're actually, I guess I can spill the beans. Um, at the end of this month, we're going into the studio at the Mountain Arts Center, as a matter of fact, uh, with Brenna Meek. Um, it's a great room down there. We've always wanted to cut, try to cut live, mm-hmm. and then see see what happens you know we've never had a chance to do that we've always had to build the tracks and to me i'm very proud of it um we're a live band you know yeah and you can tell her me anyways you know how it is we're all our own worst critics man but like anytime i cringe when i hear stuff we've recorded because you it's like oh, it's you can hear it stacked you know? yeah and Todd would do all the drums first by himself no music no scratch tracking nothing like, this is a weird way to fucking wow. record music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, let's do this shit live. Yeah. And then just fix it if needed. We'll just play it right the first time. Just do it. <laughs> do it, do it man. You know, do it. And, uh, but yeah, we're doing that uh, at the end of this month uh, with a new lineup. Uh, got a new bass player, Chris Justice. He's incredible, man. Uh, he's more, he's more of a bass player. You know what I'm saying? Like, lives in that sonic space mm-hmm. and it's changed us it's filled us out yeah know? and then with Chad his drumming he's more of a, a power drummer but he's got the finesse thing too so it's we've adapted you know sure. not, not adapted that's that's the wrong word it's forging ahead you know what I'm saying yeah. like and it took a long time man a few months to realize like this shit ain't never gonna be the same right you know after Todd and once we realized that collectively, you were able to go forward, yeah. Yeah, man. But uh, yeah, we're doing that. And then uh, we got some stuff coming up. Um, you can check our website, magnoliaboulevardband.com. Um, you know, all that good shit. Yeah, cool, man. Hey, I'm going to throw this out here. If, if, if our buddy Adam Hatton happens to be listening to the podcast, 
sometime soon when you all got time. We need, we need the George Moulton show and Magnolia. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely. Let's, Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it, man. Yeah, man. man. Cool, man. Absolutely. I finally get to see y'all play. That, yeah, <laughs> that would be great. That's how it's going to work. We just have to book the same in. bill, yeah. you know, man. get that set in, man. You were talking about Sam. I'll go. We uh, done a show at Moonshiners Ball last mm-hmm. year. And we were the Capitol Theater Show at Blues Traveler. We were actually supposed to do that the day before. So we played on Saturday right before a sand. And I uh, ended up getting canceled. It was a makeup show. Um, but, um, but anyways, uh, Sam played, and he was out there listening to us in front of house. Sorry about the technical difficulties there on the phone. We got cut off there, but just wanted to remind you all that you need to go check out Magnolia Boulevard. Make sure you can see them any show they're coming to town. Go to Spotify or Apple Music, wherever you can get them. You've been listening to Weekend Superstars with George Moulton. I'm John McHugh, and our guest today was Greg Irwin. We'll see you guys next time. Later.